If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Hey, welcome back to another mini Bloom Tuesday episode on Green Dreamer Podcast. I'm so honored to have you tune in as always. And today we actually have a special guest walking us through the basics of recycling. I feel like there's a lot of misconception to do with recycling. I certainly had a lot of questions myself because after learning about how low our current recycling rates are and how not everything we toss down the recycling chutes end up being recycled, I felt like there was a lot I needed to learn about how to recycle properly and what we can do as individuals to help our recycling systems improve. So today we have Jonathan Levy with us. He's an environmental consultant who specializes in municipal solid waste. He works with waste haulers, businesses, and municipalities on waste reduction strategies. And on the side, he also shares his observations and knowledge of solid waste, recycling, and composting on his personal blog, ZeroWasteGuy.com. So if you're just getting started, you want to dig deeper, you want to learn more about waste reduction and recycling, make sure to check out his blog. It's ZeroWasteGuy.com. And for now, here is Jonathan Levy walking us through some basics to do with recycling. Let's dive in. So my first question for you is, what's like the number one misconception that people have to do with recycling? It's that recycling is good enough. I get told all the time when I talk with businesses and individuals about reducing their waste, they always say to me, oh, you should see my, my black bin, my trash bin. There's never anything in it, but my recycle bin, it's always full to the brim. <laughs> and a lot of times I ask them, well, what happens to it once the garbage truck takes it away? They go, I don't know, it gets recycled. So I think there's a misconception that just by putting it in a recycle bin means you're like doing your part. Yeah, that definitely, that used to be me. So I used to be an aspirational recycler <laughs> and I would toss everything down the recycling bin thinking that it, it's good enough because things will get recycled. But it turns out there's a lot more to that. And uh, working on waste reduction has to include 
reducing the number of things that we recycle in the first place, but then also understanding how to recycle better so that things actually get recycled. Yeah, contamination is a big issue too. So when you throw that marginal item or that item you're unsure about in a recycle bin, you could potentially be making the sorting process more difficult or contaminating the load or other things. So that's why it's best to just avoid, avoid using that material altogether. For sure. So how do we know when we're trying to recycle and not just be an aspirational recycler and be <laughs> actually do this correctly, how do we know what is recyclable and what isn't? <sighs> that's, a, that's a good question. I, I really struggle with this myself. As a rule of thumb, a lot of items will have that recycle logo on them. I don't always trust the recycle logo because just because it has maybe a one through seven stamped on it, if it's plastic or glass or metals have it, doesn't mean that it's actually something that is going to be recycled. So I usually tell people to try and stick with items that are made of only one material, which increases the quality and the likelihood it'll be recycled. So if a material, if you buy some sort of container that has paper on the outside and plastic used to it on the inside, although those two individual items might be recyclable if they were separate, when you fuse them together, they really don't have a way to then separate that material when it gets to the material recovery facility. And I tell people to try and avoid blended materials as well. I see a lot of like a lot of items. Oh, this is a blend of cotton and polyester big red flag that it's not going to be recycled later or composted later because when you physically blend those two materials together, you make it impossible to, to then re-separate them later. So I tell people to stick with like single material items as much as possible. Try to buy items that are made from the highest amount of recycled content as possible, which can be difficult to determine sometimes because brands don't always tell you when they're using recycled content. I heard this about toothbrushes too, like plastic in of itself can be recyclable, but when you have a toothbrush with those grippy things that are made of different types of plastic, that makes the toothbrush not recyclable because it's difficult to take that apart. Yeah, but also in general, most tools that we use, I guess, so to speak, that are made from plastic, whether they be utensils, straws, toothbrushes, they tend to be of lower quality plastics that are difficult, if not impossible to recycle. So we just try to avoid them whenever we can. Oh, man. Okay, so definitely lower our single use plastics as the first rule of thumb. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you just walk us through like recycling 101? So what do we need to do on a day to day basis to recycle properly, avoid contamination, like you mentioned earlier, to maximize the chances that what we toss down the recycling chute will get recycled? Contamination is like the name of the game or the thing you want to avoid. So it seems counterintuitive. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to rinse this because I'm using water. Don't worry. They're going to heat it up. All the food residue will disappear. That's kind of a fallacy. You really want to make sure the material is as clean and dry as possible. If you throw a soda can into a recycle bin that still has half of it filled with Coca-Cola or a soda and that soda gets all over the paper and other materials that are in your bin, they're now not really going to be recycled. They're not valuable. And I think of yogurt containers are like a great example. People go through lots of yogurt. Plastic number five, polypropylene is what they're usually made out of. Very high value plastic. But if you figure the recycle center bales together a thousand pounds, like 
a few thousand of these little, or thousands of these little tiny yogurt containers. They all have yogurt residue in them. They're bailing them together. They're smushing them together. They're putting them in a 54-foot container, and they're shipping it across the ocean to Asia to be recycled. By the time it gets there, there's going to be a disgusting, moldy mess. So it's really important when you recycle that you make sure things are clean and that you avoid putting the marginal items or the ones you're not sure about in the recycle bin because depending on the capabilities of the facility where they're being sorted through, that might just cause problems. It might make it just one more thing they have to filter out. And how clean do we need to clean these items? So do they have to be like squeaky clean with no oil residue at all or? They really should be. It's kind of, it's, it's a gray area though, of course, like the pizza box. Well, is there enough grease on the pizza box that I should be trashing it or throwing it into a compost bin? Or is it clean enough that I could recycle it? Uh, without going into too much detail, we could talk for hours on this. Uh, China recently put a big ban on imported recyclables, imported material, because they have their own, for various reasons, some political, but also they have their own waste problem. And up until like November of 2017, we were shipping anywhere between 60 to 80% of our material from like the blue bin to Asia, to specifically China to be recycled. And they just don't want it. They don't want our, they don't want our garbage, our material. They have raised the contamination level or the threshold that anything above like half a percent contamination they don't want. Whereas previously, maybe a year ago, they would take 10 to 15% contamination, which raises other questions because if you, like the example I used with the yogurt container, if you bail together all this uh, plastic with residual food waste in it, it spends six weeks going across the ocean and has 10% contamination, I would think that it would be just a rancid, disgusting mess by, by the time it got there anyway. For sure. So for us as individuals, it's just to make sure we thoroughly clean our recyclables before we toss them down the recycling chute and to make sure that what we're throwing down there is recyclable in the first place, not mixing anything else in there. Absolutely. I Not to belabor it, but that's why I always advocate for doing my best to reduce first, because if I don't use that single-use plastic item, I don't have to worry about what happens to it once I no longer need it. For sure. Always prevention first. And then if we need to recycle, make sure we do those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I heard, I mean, I'm sure you know this better than I do. In the United States, our recycling rates are really low, something like around 9 to 10%. So what can we as individuals do to help our uh, recycling systems improve to become more efficient? Sure. So system-wide, according to the U.S. EPA, they say that 33, 34% of all material is being recycled or composted, which is when they do their next survey is going to drop because of the China ban, because we're not, we're already losing markets for that material. Um, But yeah, definitely some places it's very low. I, the best thing I can do to advocate or to tell your listeners to do is to reach out to the city government or municipality, wherever they live and demand more transparency for where the different materials are taken for processing and how they're processed and where that material goes. Because there's a huge disconnect. I see it here in Los Angeles where I'm based. The city says, yes, we take plastic one through seven. You call up the material recovery facility and they say, we don't want any plastic right now. Hmm. So there's a huge disconnect. And it makes people feel good about what they're doing. They go, oh, my city says we take 
classic number six, which is polystyrene or expanded polystyrene, which is styrofoam. And yes, you can put it in the recycle bin, but I can tell you with absolute certainty it is going into a landfill. Uh-oh. So we should demand for more transparency from our local communities to make sure that what we're recycling is actually ending up being recycled. Absolutely. More often than not, I get told, don't worry. My, this is what people I know tell me all the time. Oh, don't worry. My waste hauler, they sort it for me. Don't worry. It's getting recycled. Don't worry. And I am, I see way too much trash. I see way too much trash <laughs> to, to believe that it's just all being taken care of. And when you cite those really low recycle rates, especially plastic is like 9% recycle rate worldwide. So the overwhelming majority is just being trashed or burned or getting into our waterways and our ocean. So avoid it. Yeah, well, that doesn't sound very good. So we have a lot of work to do. But on that note, do you have any positive things you can leave us with? So anything that makes you hopeful in terms of our current uh, ways of going about waste? Absolutely. We have more knowledge, information, and awareness for the detrimental effects that plastic has on our environment. Uh, there's been so many campaigns, as you've seen, to ban plastic bags, ban styrofoam. We're seeing straw bans coming, and little by little, we're seeing progress. But it really takes individuals to like stand up and actually advocate for these changes because the government is... They will do whatever, whatever the most, whoever puts the most pressure on them is what they will do. So if it's big business that's advocating for keeping these single-use disposable items, or if it's the people. But we can't just get on our soapboxes on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We actually have to go to our city council meetings. We have to call our representatives. We have to put that pressure on them to drive these changes. And we're making progress. It's slow, but we are making progress. So we're on. We're heading in the right direction. We just have to keep being active citizens and participating. Yes, persistence. <laughs> not not rude, not mean, but persistent. We don't want to turn people off by calling them out or shaming them, but we do need to just steadily follow up, keep pushing forward. For sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Where can we go to continue learning from you and follow your work online and on social media? Either at Zero Waste Guy on Instagram or ZeroWasteGuy.com. Uh, through there, you can email me, send me a direct message, or just see what else I have to offer on those two uh, options. And you also work with businesses too, right? With your work, your consultant? Yeah, yeah, I'm an environmental consultant. I work specifically with municipal solid waste, which is all the trash that individuals make on a daily basis, but also businesses a lot of people don't realize that about 70% of all the waste that's generated is generated from businesses. So reducing our personal waste is important, but if we don't then get businesses to take action on waste reduction strategies, we're not going to have as nearly as large of an impact. Well, that's a wrap for this Bloom Tuesday mini episode. You can find the show notes at greendreamer.com, including links to his social media accounts and his blog in case you want to reference that for later. You can get in touch with me on Instagram at Kamea Shane. That's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E. And email me at hello at greendreamer.com if you have additional questions you'd like for us to address on future Bloom Tuesday episodes. Um, any feedback on what else I can do to help improve this listening experience for you or make these episodes more helpful to you, feel welcome to reach out to me at any time. 
And yeah, just remember, as always, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer.